This episode of the podcast is brought to you by From Within Records, March 26th. It's the first Unitarian Church in Philadelphia. From Within Records Showcase, Eco Strike, the final show, Payback, it is what it is, record release. Also playing Magnitude, Shackled, Simulacra, Worn, Seat of Pain, Burning Strong, Final Right, Beskar, and Off the Tracks. If you haven't yet, please pick up your ticket before it's too late. If you're not following From Within Records on social media, please go boot up your Twitter, your Instagram, and click that follow button to stay up to date on all the current news. And like I always say, please support From Within Records because they support us. Also, Good Fortune Printing out of Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. If you're looking for high-quality merch for your bands, for your business, for whatever, please email them at contact at goodfortuneprinting.com or you can also follow them on Instagram at goodfortuneprinting.com. If you were at FYA and you picked up any of my merch, it was all done by Good Fortune Printing. Everyone asking uh, where I got these high quality prints from, it was from Good Fortune Printing. So you can thank me, you can thank them later, and I highly suggest you work with them. On today's episode, we tracked down our good friend Chris Russo. He sings for a band called Threat to Society out of New Jersey. And I actually had the pleasure of meeting Chris back in late November, if I remember correctly. I went on a legendary trip with my good friend Jeff. Shout out Feet First Productions. We went to Perth Amboy for a show. I think it was the first show back at Copa. And I was there just to experience what it was like in New Jersey. I'd never been there before for anything. So it was a awesome time to be able to go out there, especially to support my friends in never again, shout out Jason friends and cut down, shout out Avery. And I just uh, was there just to be a fly on the wall, just minding my own business. I was helping Jason keep the, the door closed because it was the back of the venues in the back of a bar and they had this door separating the club from the bar and they didn't like the door open while bands were playing. So I was uh, in this dark corner making sure the door stayed closed and just so happens uh, Chris was there. He came over and said, hello. It was a cool introduction. I always love meeting people that I have good conversations with online in real life. So that was a, a unexpected thing, but it was awesome to, to, to meet him. And I was happy to have been able to have him on the podcast to talk about his band. They just put out a new record on harm reduction titled Illusions of Freedom. So if you're not familiar, please click pause, go boot up your Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, Bandcamp, and go check that record out and then come back here and you can hear and enjoy this conversation that I had with Chris. It, it was fun to be able to get to know him. Uh, he hasn't had it easy, so I have a uh, real respect for him to be able to keep it together and keep this band going. So much respect to Chris and everyone else in the band. So please strap in, enjoy this conversation. Without further ado, welcome Chris Russo to the show.
welcome to the podcast chris how's it going good man how you been i'm doing good i'm happy to have you here we met briefly a, a couple months ago excuse me a, a couple months ago at, at this point i had a a quick trip to uh, perth amboy and it, it was cool to get that quick introduction when i saw you there oh at uh copa right yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i forget which show it was uh regulate uh cut down play okay yep, yeah yep okay yeah 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 it, it was a matinee show too and also I, I think it was the first show back i think somebody had mentioned uh yeah they haven't i don't think they they've done anything since uh the covid stuff mm -hmm. but uh yeah i love those dudes jason uh avery they're all uh they all do their thing they uh i've known them since the fence cutter days they've been coming to see us for since they were like little kids uh -huh. uh, they're they're good dudes they support they uh they know what they're doing they book shows they make sure shit's ran smooth their, their shows are quick man like you they have five or six bands on those shows are over by i, I went to uh see restraining order one step closer c4 uh without peace uh, i think i'm forgetting one more band uh the other night and it was over by 20 to 10. it's mm -hmm. crazy yeah, I, I remember uh, that show that I went to was a matinee show, and they were breaking down the show. The bands were, you know, bringing the gear back to their cars or vans, and I saw this dad pull up with like his two young daughters, and me and my friends were like, "Damn, hopefully he's not here for the show because this thing had already ended." And apparently, the guy didn't yeah. realize that the show was a matinee show because he just saw the flyer and was like, "Okay, cool, it's at Copa. Like, let me just show up at the normal time." Yeah, turns out. He was late and like he walked back out and he's like, holy shit, the show's over. And we're like, oh, yeah, my bad. Like the, the show was starting like, you know, really early. And he uh, he, he was bummed out because he wanted to see a bunch of the bands. But I, I thought it was pretty interesting that um, he showed up so late. That was just something that I'll never forget. Yeah. I mean, the the shows there, they they're they're going to go quick, whether it's a matinee or a regular show, regardless, you know, like a, a 7 p.m. show is going to be over by 10 and mm -hmm. a matinee show is going to start at three and be over around like five or six, you know. Okay. Oh, and I guess uh, we're getting, uh, you know, kind of uh, into the conversation, but uh, before we get any further, uh, just for anybody who's listening, who may not be aware, you sing for a band called uh, Threat to Society. Yep. And uh, I'm just curious about uh, your band, because whenever I talk to my friends from uh, New Jersey, they always uh, show and have a lot of good things to say about you guys. Like, I, I can tell that there's like a, a real level of respect because, uh, you know, like you mentioned earlier, like you guys have been around. But um, if we can go back to the very beginning, how did the band start? Uh, yeah, this is our eighth year doing the band now. So we've been around for a while. Um, I was in an old band with the current guitar player that we have now. Well, we have two guitar players, but I was in a band with Mike and um, our we couldn't we couldn't find like a drummer, steady drummer. So we were always like working the songs out with like five or six different drummers and it was just not working out because everyone was sick of tired sick and tired of playing the same songs to different drummers and no one like wanting to play or being able to fit it into their schedule because we're older I'm, I'm about to be 35 so we're like older dudes so it's kind of hard to get five people to play any kind of music you know at that age with conflicting schedules and stuff so I just wanted to keep playing after that. And uh, I met a dude named Wolf. He used to be in um, a band called Harness. They turned into Forced Order. Mm -hmm. um, he moved out here 
randomly, I, I think he was doing, he was trying to start tattooing out here and, uh, he liked like hate breed and stuff. So I went to a band practice with him and it didn't work out, but me and him kept in touch. And, uh, I introduced him to Mike and we, it was just like us three playing together for like a year or so, just writing demos and stuff. And then we got a bait, the bass play. We've never really had like a set bass player. Like we've always had guys like coming in and going. And then, uh, we, uh, we, we had, the, the foundations of the band though, singer, guitar player, and a drummer. So we just worked off that until we finally got a five piece, like steady group of guys going. And uh, we put out the demo and then just started playing shows. Yeah. And I'm, I'm curious about that because obviously the, the demo uh, you can go listen to it on, uh, you know, Bandcamp or Spotify uh, it, that came out in back in 2014, but there was like a, there, I feel like there's been these gaps in between the, the releases. Um, obviously the, yeah. the gap from the demo to ground zero, uh, it wasn't that long, uh, you know, two years yeah. that, that can seem uh, pretty typical, but, uh, you know, but the next gap is pretty huge. Were these things planned out or is it just due to uh, circumstances? I, I got a rare cancer in 2017 ish around there 2017 2018 so that was about a year after ground zero was out we were writing and stuff so we had like a, a record ready to go but i just kind of got hit out of left field with getting a rare it's bone cancer so it's pretty serious stuff and mm. then uh i we kind of just like took a break and then i actually recorded the lyrics for illusion of freedom the new ep that just came out like a week before i started chemo so and then i had to do chemo for almost a year and then i was good for a, like 18 months and then it spread to my lungs so then i had to get a lung surgery and i had to get more uh i had to go on a clinical trial which is basically uh chemo that's not uh fda regulated in this country yet so that's what I was, I had to do that. So that's where like the gaps come because I was still playing shows mm -hmm. while I was, there's pictures of me playing shows with no eyebrows, no fit because I was on chemo and stuff. So I still played shows and stuff, but we, we really, I couldn't tour or anything because I had to be in New York City to go get chemo and radiation and stuff. So that's, and that's where the gaps come from. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm curious and hopefully if it's too personal, I, I totally understand, but I'm, no, it's fine. I don't, I don't, I don't mind talking about it. It's, it's, it is what it is, you know? And are you still dealing with it to this day? Um, yeah, I, uh, I finished the clinical trial a few months ago. So now I just have to get scanned out and make sure nothing pops up and I'm clean. And then I, I do scans every three months for a year and then hopefully nothing happens for a year. And then it goes every six months. Mm -hmm. Hopefully nothing happens then. And then it's uh, annually for the rest of my life. Jeez. And yeah, uh, you say a rare bone cancer, then it spread to your lungs. Uh, do you even know how it popped up or how you got the cancer? Uh, well, I used to, I used to do professional wrestling. So I was, like taking bumps and stuff, getting like power slammed on, on, on a mat and a, and a rings, just two by four, uh, a tarp and like a little padding, barely any padding. So I was smashing my head 
two times a week for 12 hours a week. So I thought I just had a, a bump on my head from wrestling all the time and it just continued to get bigger and it wasn't going away. And then I had to start getting it checked out, but no one knew what it was. I went to a dermatologist. They didn't know. I thought it was a fatty cyst or something like mm -hmm. doc, I don't know if you've seen Dr. Pimple Popper. Yeah, yeah, I've seen her. I thought it was some stupid shit like that. So I went to a dermatologist. They didn't know what it was. I went to another dermatologist. They were going to, they were going to do an outpatient procedure in, uh, in his office, which probably would have killed me because he didn't realize it was cancer. And if you don't do a cancer surgery, all the cancer cells spread, mm -hmm. but it was off by like a millimeter on the ruler. He's like, Oh, if this is, doesn't meet the standards of the, the measurements, I can't do it. So he ended up not doing it. Thank God. And then I went to a couple more doctors before finally a doctor was like, I just got to cut it out and see what it is. And he cut it out and he didn't know what it was for like two weeks. Because it's it uh it's called osteosarcoma. It's only diagnosed in a thousand people in the UK and the United States per year. So it's like one percent less than one percent of every cancer that gets diagnosed. So no one really knows what it was. He didn't know what it was, and he called me back like two weeks later, and he said, uh, "Yeah, it's cancer." So uh, I had to get the surgery i got had to i got that surgery then i had to get it again because i didn't want to do chemo because i'm a, i'm really into like natural stuff and not mm. i i don't like the ideals of big pharmaceutical companies and stuff like that so he was like you you should get the chemo or it's probably going to come back so i just tried taking natural stuff and not doing it but it's so rare and aggressive that it came back so i had to get another surgery they cut pieces out of my skull and parts of my brain out and then, uh, then I had to get the chemo. Then I had to get radiation. Uh, half my head's fried off. It just, I just, it grows. And I uh, see, I'll show you. It's like half my head's like blown off from the radiation and stuff. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, pretty fucked up shit. But that's where those gaps come from. It wasn't like we were being lazy or anything. It was just like some serious bullshit going on. And then the COVID came around, mm -hmm. and so we couldn't play shows for like an, another year after that. So. Damn, that's deep. Like I don't like for me, I, I'm just kind of blown away because I didn't know you, you went through any of that. So this is like news to me. Where do you get? Yeah, the I mean, I always wear a hat. So uh, I like I don't I don't really like to sh not wear a hat because it's like I don't know. It's a little gruesome looking, but and at any point, and, and this is not even just speaking about the, the the music, but like where do you find the like the mental strength to, to want to keep going because when you get news like this, it's like, obviously things are up in the air. It's so rare. And like, there's no real, you know, clear path to um, you even, you know, even trying to, to, to beat this. Um, I believe in God. I'm not like religious. I'm not like a Bible thumper or anything. Like, okay. But, uh, I think that helps me. I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that everything's like rose gold and I'm like PMA, you know, like, mm. There's sometimes I'll drive over a bridge and I'll be like, oh, man, maybe I should just fucking, you know, park the car and fucking take a jump. But I realize that that's not going to do anything for my family or my friends. I've had one of my best friends took his own life. And I think that that helps me, too, because I've seen how much pain his family went through and all of our, our circle of friends went through of how much pain. And still to this day, people will talk about uh my friend mike fry rest in peace mike fry he's 
hardcore legend in New Jersey. He played in Mongoloids, he filled in for Mongoloids. He's he was in that band Man Up. I don't they're kind of like a Jersey niche, niche mm. band. He was in Man Up, like, but ever till his day, people still we we still talk about him. So I think that had a lot to do with persevering and going through the shit that I had to go through. Not because the it's not regular chemo either. It's the strongest chemo they have, and it's three. It's like uh, when I always thought you just get chemo. It's just oh, you go in and you get chemo. There's different types of chemo. There's hundreds of different different types of chemos. I was getting six different chemos, and they were all the strongest chemos on the market. So I, it was, and it and it's considered a pediatric cancer. So I was in a pediatric ward, which was very depressing, seeing like kids this big with cancer you know mm. and screaming and crying like it was like literal hell and since those chemos are so strong and th they have to hit this hard I, the, the chemo sessions were i'd be in sloan kettering in manhattan from 8 a.m till 6 p.m for a whole week and then you'd get two weeks off but you feel like shit for two weeks. Like you feel like you have the worst flu or any kind of sickness, tired pain. And you start to feel better like a day or two before your next, you know? So it's just a continuous cycle of bullshit, like not feeling good. Mm. Like you, you get a, you get a like two week break, but you feel like shit for 13 days or 12 days. Yeah. That's, that's wild. Well, I, I'm happy you're able to, you know, get this far because obviously that's just not a an, an easy thing to go through, and obviously you're, yeah. you're still going through it, like you mentioned earlier. But that's that's wild. Yeah. Okay. So that's where that's where those gaps were, mm -hmm. like in between shit. And so the, the uh, gap between uh, Ground Zero and the Illusion of Freedom, obviously there was like that one single that dropped. Did you have any other songs recorded, or was it just that um, one single? Uh, we had that single web of deceit that we recorded bef uh that was like in between me being okay. Mm -hmm. So we, we did that and then we were going to keep going. And then uh, I forget what happened in, in between there, but yeah, we put that single out and then we re-recorded it for uh, the illusion freedom record. So the, was there a, a chance that illusion of freedom could have came out in 2017 if things you know would have went yeah. smooth? Yeah, that was that was the move. It was going to come out in 2017 or 2018, but then all that shit happened, and then we were going to try and do it right around. Uh, we were going to try and do it the summer that COVID happened, mm -hmm. and then COVID happened, and I didn't want to put out anything, not being able to play shows, which kind of. It's kind of happening again anyway with the the Omricon shit anyway now because now it seems like shows are dying down again and we just put the record out last month so yeah it seems like it's like a mixed bag right now because I know bands like I, I have friends that were supposed to do stuff in like the Northeast but then venues got pulled and uh, like it just didn't make make sense for them to fly out and risk it because like you know obviously there's like you know financial stuff at stake and it just wasn't worth the risk for them to go out and try to do this run and then even uh you know but also there's at the same time there's still a ton of shows still happening so it, it is really interesting to kind of see uh this whole thing play out in this like new environment because before it was like all right the rug got pulled out from underneath us there was 
I, I want to say zero shows because obviously there's like secret shows and stuff, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But like way less than what was going on before the pandemic. And then fast forward to now, or excuse me, fast forward to when things came back and like we had this like long string of, uh, you know, stuff going on. There was tours happening, a, a bunch of shows. The vibe was good. But here we are now with the, this, this Omicron and now things are kind of kind of falling back to the way things were in 2020, but not quite there yet because obviously shows are still happening. But then you see. Yeah uh everybody not everybody but you see a lot of people being apprehensive about wanting to go because of uh you know fear of getting covid again or maybe for the first time so it's it's really interesting to see how things are playing out right now yeah i was talking to um ryan from one step closer the other night he was saying like all the shows have been like hit or miss like the the copa show was good but Mm -hmm. i guess they played a show the night before and he was like yeah it was like kind of like off but that's i mean it's just i guess yeah like you said people are just worried about catching something going to the shows now with the the new shit going on yeah and i'm i'm just curious about your band because obviously you guys put out the record about a a month ago at this point Uh, did you guys have like a lot of stuff planned or do you guys still have things coming up um we were supposed to play with the banner and shackled uh this weekend actually but a couple of dudes in the banner got covid so mm-hmm. we have to reschedule that but as now nah, that was the only thing that we had going as as up until now with all this the shit happening we we, we just played uh with e-town last month mm-hmm. and then we were gonna start going from there but then that's like that show was on december 18th and that was like right when all this shit was like coming like that's when every like everyone i was talking to was sick mm-hmm. i even got sick like a couple of days after that show i just couldn't get tested because it was like right by christmas so i don't know if i had it or not or but i was definitely sick so and then everyone else i was talking to was saying they were sick up here and i'm curious uh had you had covid before that no interesting okay yeah, I, I'm not, and I, I gotta you know specify. I'm not a doctor, so uh, people, yeah. Just, yeah. Before anybody jumps down my throat about speaking about this, uh, you know, I, I'm just uh, curious. But yeah, that that's interesting. Um, well, the weather changes up here. It's mm-hmm. crazy. Northeast weather is. It could be like 60 one day, and then it'll drop to like 30s the next day. So your your body's like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, I actually just went through something really interesting. I I don't have, as far as I know, I I've never had allergies or anything growing up. Uh, pretty good immune system, and I attribute it to me and my friends being sickos, like in freshman year of high school, <laughs> trying to get each other sick so we could all miss school together, so we can play <laughs> video games together, like sharing drinks and like coughing in each other's faces and just doing stupid stuff. We were <laughs> like young teenagers back then, but um, building that immune system up exactly. But I, I was, uh, you know, went to FYA uh, and I was fine, uh, no issues. And then I, w- I went to work. And while I was at work, this like uh, volcano uh, erupted and then there was like a tsunami warning. Oh, out shit. Here. Yeah, that, that happened like a couple of days ago. Yeah, yeah, very recently. And then like the weather changed, right? The skies turned gray. It started yeah. raining. And then just all of a sudden, my, like, my nose, like, you, I, I sound like a little stuffy now. But like my nose like was all congested and I was like, Jesus, is this because of that volcano? And this is like tripping me out. And uh, it, it was like, that was the only thing that happened. Like, I don't like didn't feel ill or uh, no weird uh, 
symptoms that I know of, but it was just, yeah, like the volcano erupted, the skies turned gray, then my nose just became stuffy. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And like, I think today I woke up the first day where like my nose wasn't like super stuffy. Are you uh, in the Bay Area or are you in LA? No, I- I'm in Orange County. Oh, shit. Yeah. Where is that? Is that uh, in LA? No, no, no. I'm in Orange County. LA? Yeah, it's like by LA. I'm like right by Disneyland. That's how I, I like describe it to everybody. Okay, okay. Good. So yeah. like Anaheim, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So are you going to be affected by that uh, volcano? Uh, as far as I know, no. Like no. We, we had the warnings, and that was like I think a couple days ago at this point, and it seems like everything's fine. Yeah, but but that's crazy that uh, you got sick. Hopefully, it, it wasn't COVID. And th- th- does that concern you at all? Because obviously, like I'm, uh, what you went through before. Uh no. Like I, I, uh, I take stuff. Like I take liquid chlorophyll. Um, I, I use weed. I weeds helped me a lot. Like I gained 15 pounds when I was on chemo from weed. Like mm-hmm. I had no appetite. And uh, my friends got me Rick Simpson oil, which is like the stuff they've done interviews on documentaries on like cancer and um, people who have seizures, like little kids were having seizures and they would give them uh, the Rick Simpson oil. And they went from 30 seizures a day to one or none. So you, you take like a, it's, it's, it's um i think it's cbd and weed like put together and they mix it into everclear and it breaks it down into like a a gooey like tar substance and you just use like a little bit of it and it gives you an appetite i was using that because i i I wouldn't be able to eat and then i take like a little rice grain size of that put it in my mouth under my tongue and then like a half hour later i'd be eating that's wild. I I was gonna ask about CBD, um, but obviously I didn't know what Rick Simpson oil was. But I, I have yeah. uh, obviously I, I listened to like a, a ton of podcasts, and I, I have heard of people using CBD to help with seizures, and uh, you know people going through uh, chemo and helping with that. So that, that's awesome. And when when your friends like suggested that, like, did you know anything about it, or were you- yeah, I I've. I didn't start smoking weed because of the cancer. Like I've been, I I was using it recreationally, mm-hmm. but then I was seeing the benefits that it was helping through me. And I, I, I wasn't, I, I'm still, I, I really don't know about the Rick Simpson oil. I know it's just a, it's just a, a combined, a combining of CBD and, and the THC together or something. I'm probably butchering it, but I know that, after they told me about it, I was reading articles and, and why, and I've already seen the documentaries of the seizure stuff. So I figured that if they're giving it to little kids who are having seizures, I'm sure it'll be safe for me for trying to give me an appetite, which I needed to, you need to eat when you're on chemo. And it's just very hard because you're tired and nauseous all the time. And when you hear about this Rick Simpson oil, do you have to, or did you want to even like cons- uh, consult your doctor to be like, Hey, watch this documentary uh what do you think what do you know uh yeah i definitely talk to them and tell them what i'm gonna do they ask me so i tell i'm pretty upfront with them i don't need to hide anything from them so i told them what was going on and they said it's fine but at at the end of the day they're trying to push the big pharmaceutical pills that they're going to get a kickback on they're not going to get a kickback on for me getting rick simpson oil because rick simpson oil costs a fraction of what a pill costs that's gonna help me help me you know because mm-hmm. i would be in the way it was set up in the city you're basically like in 
it's like almost like a war hospital. You're like, you just have a sliding sheet and then there's no roof. So you just have two walls separating you. So you could hear like everything going on. And I would hear them coming up to other patients. I wasn't eavesdropping or anything. You could just literally hear them talking. Mm-hmm. So I, I would hear them say, Oh, do you want Oxycontin? Do you want this? And I, I would just be like wanting to go into their room and say, Hey, don't take this, try taking this, you know? And I actually did that one time because I, I just couldn't take it anymore. Like hearing that. And I, I walked over and I said, Hey, don't mean to intrude. I, I heard what was going on. You should try taking chlorophyll for your low blood counts. Cause they were saying they had low blood counts and that's what I was taking. When my blood counts were low, I would take liquid chlorophyll and the doctors were like, what are you taking? How, 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 how did your blood levels jump up all this? And then I told them and they were like amazed at, that I was taking something natural that was helping me, you know? Yeah. It is kind of scary, right? When you, you're in this place where, uh, you're seeking help, their, their job is to literally help you. But at the same time, you got to try to uh, walk this line and figure out if they're just trying to, you know, fill their pockets. Cause obviously they, they yeah. want to sell you these, these cures that, uh, you know, could in turn not really really fully cure you but kind of keep you in line so that you can keep coming back it it, it sucks yeah it's it's you you can you can see through it like i mean the there's companies there's pharmaceutical companies that come and bribe the doctors with oh hey sell this many and we'll give you a vacation you know that that stuff goes on Mm -hmm. like and it's just scary that most of the people that get cancer, especially when you're in a pediatric ward with your kid, you're devastated, you're scared, you don't know what to do, and you want to trust that these doctors are trying to help you. So you just, here, sign me up, put anything you want in my veins without like doing the research. I, I research everything. So I it took me three or four months to even start going because I went to Children's Hospital Philadelphia to get checked out. I, I had a notebook. I was licking my hand going through pages of notes and the doctor was like looking at me like probably no one's ever done this to him before in his career you know people just go in and they're like oh i'll do whatever you say and i like to back check and cross reference things before i make a decision on stuff especially something as serious as my life you know 100 percent, because like obviously most people go in there and assume that they're being led down the right path. But uh, sometimes obviously nobody's perfect and they could be not necessarily getting tricked, but just getting led down probably not the clearest path to where they, you know, could get to. Yeah. Okay. Well, do you have plans or have you even tried to look past the show with shackled in the banner? Are you guys even wanting to do anything or are you just kind of waiting until the dust settles so things uh, maybe get a little better? Well, I, I always wanted to tour. Like I, I know that that's the only way to get the, the ball going with anything. You know, we could, we, we've been a band for eight years. There's only so many times you could play New Jersey, New York, Philly, Pennsylvania, you know, like I'm trying to branch out and go to other places. We've been to Ohio. We've been, we've played out, but it's just like weekends and stuff. I'm trying to do like a week or a two week run and, and go, you know, but I do need to wait and see what's going on with all the stuff going on. I, you know, I don't, I don't want to be going on a tour and shit's shutting down because then it's a waste of everyone's time and money, you know? 
yeah no that that that's like the the big thing because it, it it does a lot to ask people to take time off of work and then to put up a lot of money to do something that could get uh canceled and not see the the benefits of it so i i definitely understand that position yeah i was just at a show the other night and it it was it, it was cool because like I, I got to see some friends from philly but it was kind of mind-blowing because um the show it was at this venue where there's a big room and a small room and everybody was under the assumption that the show was in the big room and i remember when i pulled up i was like i was looking around I'm like damn there's like nobody here because i, I it's, it's like my favorite venue in orange county so I, i've seen all types of different what's uh, the what's the venue uh, the observatory okay so i've seen i never heard of it, it, it it's amazing it's been around it's, it's been around for a long time it's, it's, it used to be called uh the galaxy theater it's in santa Ana. Um, but I've, I've seen like a, a tons of different uh, acts there. So like, I, I know what it's like when the place is packed out. So like when I pulled up, I was looking around, I was like, damn, this doesn't seem like there's a lot of people here. And when I walked in, I like y- you walk in and then, uh, the small rooms, uh, if, if you're walking towards the main room, there's like steps you have to walk up and right before those steps is the entrance to the small room. So I was going towards the main room and I saw that the curtains were drawn and there was like a barricade there and they were just kind of funneling everybody into the small room. And I was just so surprised. I was like, damn, this is weird. And I wasn't sure if it was just like low ticket sales or if people just like wanted refunds because of what was going on. But it, like, I, it was weird that I was in the small room. Oh, it was like a show that should have been in the big room is what you're saying? Easily could have been in the big room. So... It, it was just an interesting thing to to witness because like i it, it normally when it's in the small room they advertise it and i i gotta go back and look to see if it was advertised on, on the flyer maybe i just misread it and didn't even notice it but yeah yeah strange times but so how are our shows out there are they like are they hit or miss or it's just the same as it, it's been if i'm being honest I think things are fine out here. Like when, show, like yeah. if, if a show happens, kids are rolling out. Yeah. Uh, but I think this particular situation, I, I think it was um, uh, just due to, to the lineup, if I'm going to be honest. Uh, gotcha. Yeah. But if, yeah, like every other show that, that I've been to, uh, things are still, you know, popping off kids roll out. So like, obviously it is an issue. Well, uh, you know, the, the whole Omnicron thing, I'm not uh, just going to sweep it on the rug and talk like it's not a big deal. Yeah. Like, I have friends who have gotten it, uh, but uh, things like I said, things are still rolling like before because th- things did stop out here. But like once it came back, it, it's just kind of hard to, to stop it again, unless uh, it goes back to how it was in like the early days of 2020, where they just were shutting everything down. Like the shows out here aren't going to stop. Like kids are going to roll out. Kids, there's just too many people out here, and, and people just love it so much that it it it, 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 will, it won't be dead or anything weird like that. Yeah, every show, every show I see out there, I'm like, damn, this is wild. Like the the Dead City Punk shit, like all that, those crazy shows. I was like, wow, I was super jealous. Mm-hmm. And like that whole thing with uh, like the one with uh, Alpha and Omega and Section Hate. Um, that was just like something special because obviously dead city punks have been doing stuff before that one particular one that got so much coverage 
but I, I just think it was just a, just a special moment. I, I think just the the timing because there hasn't been anything like that since, right? But obviously that's because shows uh, have been able to been are, are able to happen again in actual venues, and Dead City Punk is still doing stuff. But like it just hasn't been anything to that level. So I, I think it was just like this weird culmination of people just like waiting and wanting and then it got to a point where like we were so close because um like vaccines had been out at that point but like they weren't like readily available to everybody if i remember correctly and especially out here in california things weren't like fully open again so that thing happened i think it went down like a week or two before uh like there was like that big shift to where things were opening back up and people felt okay like publicly to to do stuff like that yeah i went to um when they came out here they played new york Okay. It was crazy. It was like Regulate, Hangman. Uh, there was like three or four other bands played with them too, but it was crazy. Yeah, they were still lighting shit on fire and doing crazy shit. The cops came, but they just like didn't give a fuck. They just were there, I guess, to make sure there wasn't like a ride or anything. And then the show went on, didn't get shut down. Was it in like a park or like what, what type of place? Yeah, it was in like a park off, uh, I think, the West Side Highway or something. But yeah, it was like right off the highway and... So like in in New York, you like unless there's like a shootout going on, like the cops don't give a fuck about anything. So like that's the perfect spot to to do shit. We we played a, a show in a skate park in the Bronx, and it was one of the craziest shows we played. There was probably 150 kids in a, in a park underneath a bridge where like a highway, like cars driving by and shit. Like it was crazy, but like New York is like next level on like cops just they're around but like like i said they're not doing anything unless there's like some crazy heavy shit going on mm-hmm. yeah no that i i saw some uh footage from that uh show that that went down and it, it, it looked fun yeah it was dope it was a lot of fun yeah I, i'm interested because obviously we're the thick of it right now and i, I think unless like they you know force everything to close i i think shows will be fine and i, I get why venues are like apprehensive and uh, are wanting to, to to cancel same thing with bands too like i know some bands yeah. who, who are who don't feel comfortable doing stuff right now uh you know for whatever reason which is totally fine respect that that uh, you know do what you have to do to to make yourself safe and feel safe like i'm, I'm never gonna you know be mad at, at anybody or upset for them not wanting to to do something like that because it is crazy because like e- even like when i went to uh, FYA, I was like, this is this is wild but fun, um, and everybody obviously felt safe enough to go. And I'm and I'm hoping nobody that was there was sick or knew they were sick and just still showed up because like obviously yeah. uh, people wore masks, uh, people didn't wear masks, but uh, we were all under the the, the guys that you know like we were in, in an agreement that we chose to be here, right? Nobody was forced. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I I just hope uh, you know things are fine going forward. Because like there hasn't been any, to my knowledge, any crazy outbreaks due to a, a show happening. So hopefully going forward, people just continue to stay as safe as they can, and uh, hopefully we can beat this whole thing and uh, not have to talk about it anymore. Yeah, I mean, I I think uh, well, FYA wasn't outside, but still it looked like it was big enough for like people would get away if they didn't want to be too close to anyone too. So I didn't go. I'm just like based off like. The videos i saw mm-hmm. no i i think that th- that's a fair assessment like there there was a uh th- the room was huge where the show 
actually took place and there was like a lobby spot to hang out there's like kind of like two lobbies um they're like it, there's like the where the main room was you go through a set of doors then you're like in another lobby and then there's like this little hallway to get to the, like another lobby then there's like the front doors and then there was ins and outs so yeah like nobody was i i felt like yeah it was open enough for people if they didn't feel comfortable to to step out and get some fresh air or to get away from people and even me like i had a table set up the first day and i never felt like crowded or uh you know that people were too close to me yeah i, I felt like uh, for as many people that were there it was still spacious enough yeah which is good but uh so i want to talk about the the new record obviously it, it came out a, a couple months ago you had web of deceit uh you know the single come out in 2017 uh you re-recorded that but as far as the other songs um did you already or did you guys already have those ones written uh yeah we had pretty much every song written on there we just like did a little change up uh on web of deceit this time we had jason from never again do a guest spot mm -hmm. and um we added that and then um a lot of, we we had a i don't know if you know tim savage he's overseas he does artwork he did the artwork for us and he actually did the first uh he did the first color he's never done color before so he did a full his uh full color for us mm -hmm. so that took a, a little bit for him to do and um we uh pat pat put it out from um axe the grind drug church self-defense he put it out uh on harm reduction i don't think they they've put anything out since the uh, eternal sleep in 2015 that ep so it was cool to do that because pat's a great dude I, I love that record label and uh it was cool that he uh wanted to do like a one-off type of release for us because i don't think i don't know if he's like keeping it active anymore he's just like doing stuff like this where he'll just put like a one-off release for a band out that he likes type of deal mm -hmm. okay and a couple things i wanted to uh, ask you about so you you bring up the the cover art uh, which is pretty interesting i was curious if you can break that down for the people listening on like uh, the meaning behind the cover art um the, the meaning behind the, the art was it's like you think everything's okay like the guys on the right side he's like coming from his job he's got a briefcase like he's in the city and he thinks he's everything's okay and he's just walking and then he realizes once he turns once he gets to the end of the road that it's just more bullshit and there's no end in sight to what's what he thinks is okay going on in the world kind of of where i was going for with the the record art mm -hmm yeah <laughs> that's a pretty interesting uh, take because I, I i can totally see that because uh, life is pretty interesting i i feel like i i set these goals and i get there and i'm like i'm like okay once i get here i'll feel accomplished and life will be good but when i get there it's like man this is this is cool it's not like exactly how i thought i would feel but like all right let's yeah say. it's not what you pictured in your mind yeah but it's still cool like i i yeah i get what you're saying yeah, so it's just like I I always gotta feel like I'm like constantly growing. Which yeah, is, which is good, but I'm I'm also wondering if I'll ever actually be happy. If that makes sense. Content. Yeah. 
Okay, and you, you mentioned you uh, got Jason. Uh, shout out Jason. He, he's a, yeah. a good friend. Uh, I, I'm, I'm curious uh, why you chose that song to to have him do guest vocals on. Um, I just his voice and the way his vocal patterns is fit for the spot that I wanted him to to do on on that because the the when we recorded that song, I always told the band I was like, "Oh, this this would be a good guest spot for this part." And he, I, I just like his voice, the way he delivers. And I just asked him to do it. And he said, yeah, I'm down. He went to the studio and he recorded it. Came out good. Yeah. No, it's definitely an awesome guest spot. And I, I do love his vocals too. Like, especially hearing him live. I, I saw Never Again the first time. Uh, it was end of November. I, I went to the One Step Closer record release and uh, Never Again played and I was just blown away because I, I, I like Fence Cutter, but I never got to uh, never got to see them live. So being able to see him perform with Never Again, I was just like blown away at how awesome he sounds uh, in a live environment. Yeah, and that, I, I love that whole band, Matt. Uh, the drummer's in Blind Justice too. He kills it. Uh, Avery, I've Avery's my dude too. Cut Down, shout out Cut Down. Yeah, he's awesome. I, I I saw him at FYA, which was cool. So it's good to see uh, people from New Jersey. Yeah, and you mentioned the record coming out on um, harm reduction. I, I'm curious how that whole thing came about because, like you said earlier, you know Pat hasn't done anything since Eternal Sleep. So how did you guys land there? Um, our old bass player, um, shout out Pat. He uh, he was shopping the record around the places, and he. I don't know how, I guess he happened to hit up Pat randomly and was talking to Pat. And then Pat was like, yeah, I'll put it out. as like a one-off. And he was like, just send, let me know what you want to do with the artwork. And then Pat, Pat's, Pat's a funny guy. I've, I've, I've only met him once when we played uh, the last back to school jam, he mm -hmm. was there and he, that's the first time I met him. And then he was just talking about like the record. He's like, yeah, we're going to get this done. And then, that's the first time I met him and then haven't seen him since. And I opened my door one day to a FedEx delivery person unloading 15 boxes of records without even knowing they were coming that day. And then just had the records. And now we, uh, we made the E-Town show, the record release show just so we could put the record out. Mm -hmm. But um, since like a lot of the homies couldn't come because the show got sold out like so fast when it got announced a lot of, uh, like our homies up here it was in atlantic city uh i i'm in i'm in like edison which is kind of like 10 minutes from where copa was mm -hmm. so we're like north jersey-ish central jersey i don't know like people people always debate like what's north jersey and central and south but ac is like all the way at the bottom of new jersey so a lot of the homies couldn't make it so I, i'm eventually going to do like a, a release party and then just have a bunch of friends bands play up here that's cool and what was it like that day when the fedex person comes and you're just like wondering what the hell are all these boxes because <laughs> bro i was like i opened my door and i was like what the fuck is this and i did because it's just they were unloading boxes and i was like what is this and then i looked and one of the boxes said like harm reduction i was like oh shit this must be the records and then i opened it up and it's just all the records it's like wow mm -hmm. i was like in shock because I've been playing in bands since I'm like 14. Like I said, I'm about to be 35 next month. So I've been doing this shit for a long time. And 
I've never had anything on vinyl before. So it was like kind of surreal, like hold something that I've been working at for basically half my life to have something that like I can ha have forever now, you know? hundred percent. Yeah. I, I can't imagine what that feels like. But that's awesome that you're finally able to, to do that because uh, vinyl is uh, a, a cool thing to have for a band. I feel like it's like a standard, obviously, like for bands, like, you know, past, uh, you know, doing a demo. It's like, yeah, like they got to get pressed on vinyl. This is uh, yeah, know, uh, what they have to do. So, so it's cool that you guys were able to, to do that. Yeah, it was fucking awesome. And as far as like the, the band logo, obviously you have this flag hanging behind you for anybody who's uh, not watching. Uh, you have your band's, uh, you know, banner behind you. But I, I'm curious where that logo comes from. Um, it comes from, I, I like to keep everything in house. I like to uh, support my friends and like everything I could do. And mm -hmm. I went to high school with a kid who was in one of my old bands from like 2005. We actually played uh, crazy. We played the last Hellfest in Jersey with that band. Well, not Jersey, in the United States with that band. And he was in that band and he's a graphic designer. So I was just asking him if he could come up with like a logo for us. And he just came up with that. And I didn't even like tell him what I wanted. And I was just like, yo, I, I love it. And he was like explaining what it was. It's like, uh, like a redacted like statement almost or it could be like something censored out you know with the stripes or like it could be like a uh, police sirens or like a new version of of a, of a flag or something you know like i just liked what he did and went and people started using it for flyers and stuff and it just kind of like stuck mm -hmm. it wasn't anything like planned out yeah, no, that, that that's cool explanation. Because now that I'm uh, looking at it, and you uh, mentioning the redacted statements, I'm like, okay, that, that does actually make it seem cooler. Now that I think about it in, in that way. Yeah, actually, uh, Link from uh, Cruel Hand, shout out Cruel Hand. We played with them, and he was like, uh, I've known him forever. We played our first show with Cruel Hand in mm -hmm. 2014. Uh, he was like, he 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 said that too. He's like, oh, it looks like redacted statements or something was censored out, which is cool because like. The whole the whole point of the band is like if if you well the lyrics basically are all like my lyrics of like government like hatred and like how everything's like set up for us to fail you know like the system was built to divide and conquer everyone on the on the planet you know like that's the kind of route i went with with the lyric lyric wise and where i wanted the direction of the band to go and I was, I was just about to ask you about that. So I'm, I'm happy that you brought it up when people, you know, go anti-government, uh, you know, and uh, get political, you have to walk this fine line, right? Cause you can be looked at as, uh, you know, being anti-government or you can slowly turn into a conspiracy theorist yeah. and then, and then you get looked in this whole different light, right? Like people think you're crazy, tinfoil hats. I don't want to take you serious. And yeah, I'm curious. Does I've that, gotten all that. Yeah, you know, that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm sure I you have. If, if people, I'm um, gonna listen to the sound bites and read the lyrics. Uh, but going into it, writing these songs, did that ever come into your mind? Like, okay, uh, people, you know, could kind of put us on that side of the line uh, instead of us just being uh, this anti-government band. No, they're gonna look at us as these conspiracy theorists and not take it serious. I mean, obviously, I I want to be taken serious, like all the time mm -hmm. but i'm also very like lax like 
don't really take stuff serious, like kind of trolly, like sarcastic stuff. So like, I didn't really like care what people think. I, I really don't care what people think like in general with, with whatever I do. So like with the band, I wasn't like, oh man, I hope I don't piss someone off or rub someone the wrong way. Cause it's just, I'm doing this for me. My band's doing this for them. We're doing what we like, you know, like we're not, we're not here to, to like serve on a platter what people want to hear or, or think like everyone has their opinions. These are my opinions that I want to express, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's not like, I'm not trying to ruffle feathers. I'm just trying to like get a point across that is the way I'm feeling, you know, like we've, I've gotten people to call us alt right. I've gotten people call us everything. Like, and it's like, how is, how is me telling you that, I don't fuck with Republicans. I don't fuck with Democrats. I don't fuck with Fox News, CNN. I'm I'm t- telling you, I don't fuck with either political party on like every post that's posted and people still like want to think that you're like serving a purpose for a, an agenda that I'm not, you know, I always say the, the only side is the truth that you can't fake the truth. The truth is the truth, you know, so that's what we stand for is the truth and uh, do you ever worry because obviously uh people want to believe that these politicians are telling us the truth when clearly they've never been telling us the truth right yeah they're they're always lying but does it ever bother you that um we'll probably never know the truth uh yeah that's like a heavy influence of the way I write in the songs, but I I don't go full black pill. It's always red pill. Like there's hope, not black pill. There's no hope because if there's no hope, then we're really screwed. So you've got to always think that there's got to be hope. Someone might say, oh shit, it just takes one spark to think and oh shit, that's a little weird. I'm not telling anyone to, to like, not think their own way i'm just telling people like think oh shit like if one plus one doesn't equal two then something fucking fugazi's going on you know yeah it's just hard when okay i I remember uh going back to when uh trump was president uh and Mm -hmm. uh you know the the elections were coming they're like yeah like uh we got to get uh biden to to beat trump and then things will be so much better right that that was the the goal for everybody who wanted uh, Trump out of office, right? We, we got to just get get to Biden, and then the whole country will turn around, right? And then fast forward to having Biden as our president, things aren't that much better, right? Yeah. And 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 then now it's like, okay, uh, the next election, uh, Trump's trying to come back, so it's like, shit, are we just gonna it, go, go back to where we were? And it's like, people swore up and down that we, we get to this one point with um with this other new president that things were gonna get better, and it's like they didn't, and obviously. <clears throat> excuse me um i'm not in no way shape or form like you know a supporter of trump or biden but it's just like i don't see us winning for a really long time uh it's it's, it's kind of shitty to to think but uh, i i don't know how this country that, that we live in gets any better anytime soon if i'm being honest yeah i mean that's a great point like i feel like a lot of people are like that. They think, oh, it's just going to get better when someone else is in there. But if you look back, it's just kick the can down the road. No one picks it up. It's just 
it's it's always flip-flopping it's republican gets in democrat gets in republican gets in democrat gets in you know it's like oh this guy sucked for four years so let's try and do this with the guy on the other team for four years and see how it goes and then it just comes down to the people hating the person who's in as much as possible they just want to get him out to get the next guy in who's just the same guy just a different color tie that's all it is all my i think that all the politicians and everyone are all working together and they're just puppets for the corporations that are get, that are paying them to say what they want them to say yeah no i i i agree there's like obviously they don't want us to know how things really work uh, and then this is where we put on our tinfoil hats, right? There's like this uh, secret uh, government behind the scenes that nobody knows about, but people clearly could like conceivably see it happening. Just when you look at the the history, right? It's, it's not just with these newer presidents, but they always lie. Uh, and things just have never gotten better. It's like things have, they've managed just to maintain us at this like weird level of being like in this constant state of, of like promising to get better. And we'll, we'll see change here and there. Right. But uh, people will always want, um, you know, uh, better taxes or, you know, minimum wage to get, uh, you know, raised. And you look at inflation and it's just kind of it just kind of seems like, you know, we're not really getting better. And yeah, every everything they do, they take like a ring out of the ladder but then add another ring to the ladder so it's just like constantly like shit this just to make it it's like to make it look like things are changing but it's not really changing they're just they're telling you it'll give you a tax break here but then they're adding taxes to something else that you have to pay taxes for so it just cancels each other out yeah and i, I don't know what the answers are like i'm uh gotta clarify as well i'm not uh well versed in politics I just know that for as long as I've been alive, uh, things haven't been, I, I feel like as good as they could be, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, well, it's like sports teams. They want you to Republicans or let's say the chargers and then the Democrats are the Raiders. Those two teams hate each other. Mm-hmm. The groups of people hate those teams. So they're never going to come together and be and f- be like the real problem is these people you know they they have constant bickering of two teams and two parties but at the end of the day the chargers and the raiders they play the football game and then they hug each other they sign each other's jerseys and that's what it's like with politics these people all talk to each other they go behind the stage once they come out and yell and scream at each other and then once the cameras are turned off they're at functions they're golfing with each other you know so it's it's very easy to follow the money and see what these people are doing and they'll sell themselves out for a dollar you know yeah or you'll end up like uh jeffrey epstein yeah or stuff <laughs> like that and then that that oh man that stuff is crazy all the people that were involved with that and high ranking like i don't know how anyone could ever vote again with people being involved with like a pedophile who had an island that he was taking higher elites to to who knows what they were doing there you know it's just real shady stuff and that's not that the jeffrey epstein story is to anyone that didn't know what a conspiracy theory was they would be like oh this is the craziest conspiracy theory i've ever heard in my entire life but that's an actual like real thing that was going on that the the news was telling everyone about 
So if they're telling you about something that crazy and nefarious, just think about what's actually going on that they're not telling us is the way I think about it. Cause that's one of the craziest stories ever told that's real, you know, like a, uh, a guy taking high ranking officials to a private Island where there was underage kids at, you know, that's just, that doesn't sit good with me, you know? Yeah. If, if you, look into it and it's crazy and if you see like the the manifests um of like the people who are actually flying out to the island there's like names that have been redacted and you're like damn yeah but then also there's names of like crazy famous people that they just put out into the public yeah and you're like wow if they could put these names out there like who are they protecting with those like redacted names which is crazy it, it just gets really dark so when, when i think about stuff like that it's like yeah there's always something crazy going on our country is really weird when you really take a step back and like look at it like objectively yeah i i my theory is is the banks multinational conglomerates big pharma and the military they're the the heads of the snake that controls every, and everything trickles down from there like the pier it's like the pyramid on the back of a it's like this, like they're at the top that those are the top people. And then everything trickles down and we're at the bottom okay, getting uh, shit on, you know, where does uh, Bitcoin fall in that pyramid? I'm curious. Uh, Bitcoin. I don't, I don't like, I, I can't get a good read on Bitcoin yet. Like the blockchain technology it would, would lead you to believe that it can't be hacked or it's, it's something that's, that's good, but anything could be hacked and, anything it's electronic so if they if an emp goes or a cyber attack goes what's going to happen to everyone's bitcoin you know you can't access it without a computer or, or wi-fi so if all that stuff gets then your your stuff's gone but the blockchain technology is good though because you could it's a ledger of every transaction that's made so you kind of can't fuck anything up with being devious but then again there's always hacking and stuff with things that are online. Yeah, I I, I find it really interesting. I I like Bitcoin. I, I have Bitcoin, uh, but same. But I'm just like, will it really overtake uh, our actual currency? I I mean, I think it's slowly inching its way because I was at a gas station up the road from my house, and then they have a Bitcoin ATM now with like a sign that says. You could get your Bitcoin out at our ATM, which is kind of crazy because I live in like a small town. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've never bought anything with Bitcoin. I just have it because <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I, I'm just not sure because uh, I, like, I don't have like an exorbitant amount. Right. So I'm, I'm not yeah, sitting yeah. here on like actual like real Bitcoins. Obviously, I have like fractions of actual. Yeah, Bitcoin. same. Yeah, yeah. But I, I'm just curious to see where it goes. I've used it to buy other coins. That's about it. Oh, because so, you could use it to buy different coins. Did you get the the milf coin or Doji coin? Which one did you get? <laughs> <laughs> I do. I did fucking fall for the trap and got some Doge coin, but I just put in an order to sell it a couple of days ago. Actually, I have Ethereum, Litecoin, uh, Ethereum, and uh, Bitcoin. Yeah, you know what's crazy? The, like years ago, I, I used to work for this startup, and one of the bosses he was raving about ETH. And I was like, I was like, that sounds stupid. I'm like, why are you, why are you investing in that? You should just go full on Bitcoin. Yeah. And then fast forward to now. And it's like, you know, pretty relevant, especially if, yeah, you're, it's at, 
like it's it, close to five thousand, I think, a coin right now. So yeah, so hopefully he's swimming in um, all his his ETH coins that, that he's had since like yeah, I think it had been at least like six. Damn, has it really been six years ago at this point? Yeah, it's, if it's twenty twenty two, yeah, I, I was there like six years ago. So hopefully he's swimming. Oh in. yeah, if he had Ethan, he's definitely doing good. Yeah, I I was calling him a weirdo, but you know, jokes on me. <laughs> <laughs> jokes on me. He 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 was pretty uh you know on the ball with that one. But that's but how it, I feel about these NFTs now. I'm like, oh, that shit's weird. But like, I I feel like in five years everyone's gonna be like, oh, you're an idiot. I told you about the NFT stuff, but. Yeah, it, it's hard to. Uh, it's, okay, I say it's hard, but it's not really that hard to explain because people um, are like, "Why would I buy a JPEG?" But it, it's it's a little deeper than that. It's just like you, they're just looking at it and talking about it, just like service level stuff. Because uh, you like an, an NFT can be more than just a JPEG. Um, yeah, I was watching uh, that dude Gary V, who's like a billionaire from them. He was saying that you can they can be used to like get into events or stuff like exclusive events. Like if you have a, an NFT, you could go to this show that's not selling tickets or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, there, there's, is, there's like a different ton of uses to, to, to doing it. And I, I was trying to explain it to one of my buddies who uh, is like an avid video game player. And he was like, I don't get it. Like, why would I want to buy uh, uh, like a JPEG. I'm like, okay. I'm like, it's, it's like you guys think of it like a, a little deeper than that. I'm like, all these games that we play, and we're we're playing this like shooter specifically. And I'm like, think about those skins that you legit spent money on. Imagine if you actually own those and had the rights to those. Wouldn't you be stoked? And he was like, well, yo, you should watch. You should watch that Gary V because that's like exactly how he was describing it he brought up like the game skins he's like look uh-huh. at all these people that are buying skins he's like that's basically what an nft is yeah and then my friend just kind of had this like moment of like I-, I think realization that he's like oh shit that that could be another way of using an nft then and then he just like was like surprised because he was just thinking jpegs but i'm like no like it doesn't have to just be those like you know like the the the, the board apes that, that are like really popular or the the the, the crypto punks like that's just one yeah. aspect of, of an nft that that's not it that there's like like it gets deeper there's levels to it yeah so uh so i i i'm really fascinated because I, I i love technology so seeing stuff like that i i think is awesome I haven't purchased an NFT yet because I, I just haven't found anything that uh, piques my interest that much for me to actually want to go all in. But I am uh, watching it and following it and just uh, curious to see like how that whole thing goes. Because people swear that it's going to fizzle out, but I'm like, I don't think so. I, I think it's going to be like the next wave of uh, the Internet. It's, it's going to be like um, how social media, right? Because think about the Internet before social media and then social media rolls in and people were just like, you know, kind of took a while for people to, to get hip to it but then it became the next big thing right twitter is like the biggest thing in the world that's how i get all my news is i, I open up my twitter and i'm like all right let's see what's going on in the world today that's how i found out that volcano uh went off and you know, caused this tsunami warning it was through twitter uh so i i believe that this next wave is going to be like these like the the, the bitcoins the the nfts like our wallet's going to be tied to the internet yeah i i agree too i just I haven't, I got to go down a, a deep dive on the NFTs, which I haven't, I, I just heard about it. I, I can't, I've watched a couple of like, uh, clips from podcasts of like, um, people talking about it, but I, it's still like, I'd, I'd have to read and watch more to comprehend what it is. Cause I still don't really get it. Mm-hmm. No, I wonder, has anybody in the hardcore space done an NFT? I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. Maybe. 
Yeah, not to my knowledge. I'm curious if, if there's somebody out there who has. Maybe I could see like a record label doing one or something. Yeah. No joke. I toyed about the idea of doing one for uh, a special coming up because obviously we're so close to 300. I was like, what if I did like an NFT? But then I was just like, I don't know. That's too much work. <laughs> that would be dope if you did one, though. I would do one in the future, uh, but like not, I'm not and honestly, I'm not trying to do like these like weird, like pump and dump schemes. Hey, buy into this. No, like I, I, yeah, I, I yeah, wanted yeah. like, uh, if I did it, um, I, I'd want to have to like know what I'm doing and do it right and not try to scam anybody or, or make it like corny or anything, you know? Yeah. It seems like a lot of it is pump and dump and to try and get like celebrities and stuff like on it to try and sell it to people that might be not you know like someone who doesn't know what's going on oh the celebrities tell me to buy it so i'm just gonna buy it because they said it's cool you know and that blows my mind that people are so uh like i don't want to say brain dead <laughs> or stupid uh, but no I, they are you can say that it, a lot of people are bro it's just so weird that people will see because like there's celebrities there's people that, that i'm a fan of but if they post hey come invest in my coin i'm just gonna keep scrolling i'm not gonna be like oh my yeah. god so and so said to invest in their coin it's gonna be the next big thing i'm like no that's not gonna be the next big thing like i'm i'm way more aware that this is like an ad for that coin right they definitely got uh probably some coins on the back end or got some sort of uh you know check up front to promote that and it's just like like yeah like I'm, I'm i'm a fan but there's no way that i'm gonna just go all in right off jump with no real information on something that's brand new yeah especially like some new coin that's a new coin or nft that's not even been around for a while that they're just pushing yeah just know that if you ever see me promoting a coin or an nft uh, it, it's not going to be, and I, I'm never going to do that anyways. Right. Like I, I have like uh, two sponsors on the podcast. Um, I'll never uh, take a, a, a deal like that unless it's legit. Right. But if, yeah. I, if I'm over here promoting uh, milf coin two or doji coin two, <laughs> uh, just Yo, get that milf 2.0. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a scam straight up. Don't buy it. Um, but <laughs> just, just let me have my money, ignore the promo. Uh, but yeah, just it's, it, it's crazy that, that, that people can do it. And I, I'm like, I, I, I do feel bad for, for people getting scammed, but I'm like, you have to be smarter than that. Yeah. I mean, it's just all, it's it's a lot of those are going to be money grabs and a lot of them are going to be real you just got to decipher which ones are real and fake yeah and and it, it, these coins it could have been doji coin instead of bitcoin it, it's just you, know, you can't really predict or maybe you can i don't know i'm i'm speaking like i know what's really going on maybe it's it's whatever the market dictates like whatever these people want to pay for like if i wanted one of your shirts hanging up there it would be whatever your you value your shirt at, at, at what i value your shirt at yeah these are all uh worth multiple bitcoins <laughs> <laughs> this one right here uh, sorry this twitching tongues football jersey you may have seen me war at fya eight day two that's three bitcoins so three bitcoins three bitcoins only only i'll i'll, I'll post my uh my uh wallet uh, address in the show <laughs> notes so you guys can send it over and i'll mail you this jersey with a little thank you <laughs> but yeah no that, that is very true right because uh, obviously you, you think back to the early days of bitcoin where 
uh, you could get one for pennies on the dollar because people are like, oh, this is stupid. This isn't going to be real. Like, like I'll, yeah. for, for like I'll do it as a joke. And then like uh, there's that guy who's been in the that landfill for eight years looking for his lost hard drive oh, with computer or some shit. Yeah, yeah. he's like thousands of bitcoins, but it's just like, dude, give it up. Like, yeah, it's a bummer that you threw all that away, and there's just a b- big chunk of bitcoin missing that'll never be found again uh but it, it, it's crazy like things can't happen and same thing with um even art currency right because you gotta think back to the early days where people were trading <clears throat> like chickens and cows uh yeah know, as currency so uh yeah th- things uh, can gain value and, and lose value but it's like just determined on um, you know who's willing to give it up yeah it's the market value of the consumer and the buyer at the end of the day just like with anything yeah i i uh, never mind i was gonna tell you how much i paid for these uh, i'm seeing twice in like two weeks uh and i paid a lot of money uh way more than i should have because i did not get retail tickets because the ticket master system's bullshit so yeah. i i had to i didn't have to but i chose to pay resale because i really wanted to see this uh group live so i will be seeing mm-hmm. twice for way more than i wanted to pay for but i'm hoping it will be a night to remember I'm sure it will be. Yeah. So I, I, I get it. Uh, but I'm really curious to see how this all goes because, uh, obviously the big banks, the government, they don't want to let that shit go to go to this digital world where, uh, they can't fully control. They're they're Uh, I think they're already working on a coin cause they have, that's what they do. They just wait to see what everything, how they could get in and tax everyone, you know, like, they don't have any ideas of their own. They just steal shit from people who are coming up with inventive things and then taxing it. So they'll have like GovCoin or some shit to get into the system and then they'll try and make people switch to that. Do you ever think we'll go to a universal credit system? Like social credit like what China's doing? No, no. Like I, I, I think back to was it like Mega Man Legends? Like their currency and their game was just like credits. So, like, instead of having, like, you know, these different types of currencies, we are all just under one. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, the whole, I think the whole end game is to have, like, just one thing just so that they can control everyone, you know? So, you're just a cog in the system. You're just not going to get out of line. You're just going to keep the wheel going, you know? They want everyone to, they don't want everyone to be in different religions or different social status they want everyone just one and they're above you you know and and then we exit the metaverse we're in the metaverse right now yeah <laughs> uh, yeah i'm not sure how this whole thing plays out life is which yeah like this is the metaverse like you're on the other side of the country right now we're talking like we're across from each other though we when you get a uber or a lyft you're in the fucking metaverse you're on your phone typing in someone who's gonna come get you you know i i yeah i, I just don't know how this all plays out because obviously we want to believe that uh, we're all here to try to do the best that we can but we don't know what comes next and not trying to get like uh, you know, too dark, but when when it's all said and done, uh, I, I'm I'm always curious, like, what's next? Is it just a reset? Do we have to? Are we just living in this endless cycle uh, of this, you know, being that we are now? 
or is there an afterlife? Do I become a ghost? Can I haunt somebody? I, that, that would be fun. Um, or do you come back as something, a different animal, something? Yeah, you know, if, if I can come back as an animal, where would I be? I, I want to be somewhere chill. Be a house cat or something. Yeah, or maybe I'll. Uh, Disneyland has these uh, feral. I, I don't want to say feral, but Disneyland has these cats that run wild, and allegedly they're there to help. Uh, keep the rats away so, yeah 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 so if i could be a cat in disneyland and just chill in disneyland all day <laughs> uh, th- that'd be cool but i don't know life is life is strange and I, I always try to make the best of it right um when i wake up every day i just try to maximize my happiness and fun obviously w- while taking care of my responsibilities making sure all that stuff is in order so i'm able to live the life that i have but um, yeah that i feel like that's all i can do at this point right is just try to be happy and enjoy it while I can because this thing doesn't last forever. Yep. Yeah, especially when that's how I started looking at things when I had my health issues. It's like, you know, death is here, but then when you get, then death starts closing in closer to you when you get like a health situation or something going fucked up in your life, you know? And then it really puts your thinking into perspective of how you want to go about each day and how you want to manage your emotions and i feel like even manage your time right because who knows uh and not just for you but for anybody uh it could just be all over in an instant like i was talking i was hanging out with some friends yesterday and they're telling me about this story um uh, at this local skate park some dude on a bike uh ended up dying in the skate park and i was like and we were talking about like yeah that guy probably went to the skate park had dinner plans didn't yep. plan on dying that day but sure enough he just goes up does his trick it doesn't go the way he intended and just ends up dying doesn't leave the skate park Fuck. and that's it and you're just like yeah like like i i i i think about situations like that and or even like you know driving down the freeway because like out here freeways i feel like it's just a, a battleground constantly because people are driving yeah. so stupid and so reckless like uh, people die all the time out here on, on this freeway called the the 405, which has, it's a long stretch. You can go from like San Diego to LA. Uh, it's a really long freeway, and people are constantly dying on that freeway. And I was like, Damn. that's like the, it's like eight lanes, right? Yeah, it's, it's pretty big. Um, yeah, but it's just like, yeah, the, like I always try to not take my time for granted, and like obviously nobody's gonna respect my time like I do. So, yeah. so I I, I I try to be very like. Uh, like protective of it like if, if i'm going to do something like i want to make sure and also like nothing's guaranteed but like i i want to hope that whatever i'm doing i'm enjoying it as much as i can but it, but if there's a time like like i'm not having fun or i don't want to be there doing what we're doing i'll just leave i don't fucking care people get upset people get offended but it's like dude you don't understand like i used to ha- work three jobs had one day off and that meant everything to me i didn't care about anybody else or anything except for that one day that was all about me and it made me realize like dude like because i used to you know, let people bullshit and uh, waste my time on that one day off that i had and mm-hmm. and that just made me realize like yeah i can't do this anymore like i gotta you know fight to protect myself and make this whole thing worth it in the end hopefully uh so it's just like now it's like i'm like that and, and a lot of people uh think i'm weird and don't understand it but it's like yeah like that's why i'm so uh precious about my own time because i because i've seen it for, for, from that side where i, I have no free time I, i'm working uh to live and to to be able to to sustain my lifestyle um so having you know just the ability to be alive i, I gotta you know, make the most of it while i can yeah man time time is 
the only currency. Time is the Bitcoin. Time is the Ethereum. You know, that's you can't get that shit back. Time. That's how I started looking at things. Like time is my only form of currency that I care about. Dude, you can drink the baby blood. And was it? <laughs> yeah there it is uh and we, we could live on forever um or maybe we live long enough we become cyborgs or yeah th- th- there's some options somebody asked but then at that point i i wouldn't what if your friends and all your family didn't make it to that point you know you're gonna live forever without anyone you loved and that and you know Fuck what if yeah. there is after what if there is an afterlife and you just decided to to stay in this prison planet and be a machine you know that's the, like the shit i think about dude you got to find new love new friends you'll be fine <laughs> <laughs> get a robot dog if if i had the opportunity to live forever i would do it i want to see how this all plays out see how this whole thing ends is it you know are, are we going to go out like the dinosaurs or are we going to end up like star wars i'm, I'm curious you know if, if, yeah. I, if i had to sacrifice you know for losing losing friends and family that's inevitable right who knows yeah maybe i'll go before them they'll go after me who knows but i i, I would i'm so curious about this whole thing I, I would love to see where it ends yeah it sucks we're like in uh the middle of like shit was fucked up really bad before us and we don't shit could be really fucked up going forward or it could be really incredible like like we were in a time where there was no internet 20 years, 25, 30 years ago. And now 25, 30 years from now, we could be in it. You know, we could be in the metaverse computer. It's just crazy to think about like the section of time that everyone was in. And just like, what about the people who died right before the internet? You know, like it's, it's strange. What, yeah. what, what time timeline you get born in. I remember when the internet first came out, I, I had heard about it from my sister. She was talking about how she went to my, uh, my aunt and uncle's house and she was in this chat room talking to people. I'm like, what do you mean you're talking to people? <laughs> she was like, yeah, like I was chatting with people from like other parts of the country. I was like, that's crazy. And then uh, eventually we got our own computer. We got this compact, like back in the day, signing into AOL. Oh shit, compact! I remember that. Yeah, so th- that, that's how old that was, and like we were signing into AOL and just navigating these chat rooms. Uh, I, I and I remember it being like dangerous. Like, don't give out your real information. Don't you know? Yeah. Blah blah blah. Like our, our parents were like warning us. Versus now, everything's so public, right? Go to my Twitter, my Instagram. You can you'll probably get to know me uh, real fast. Um, uh, even my website jmrk.com uh, but it it, it it was weird to, to to think about life before the internet and what will life because now the internet's so normal everybody has you know these cell phones these smartphones in their pockets with access to the internet um, I'm really curious to see what's next I I, I want to ask you uh, Elon Musk he's coming out with this thing called Neuralink right you get mm. this shit implanted in your brain yeah which the neuro the neural link is for them to get it into your brain is the surgery I had to get to get the tumor removed from my skull, which is called a craniotomy. They drill four, four holes, like the square in the corner of your screen, probably like that. And mm-hmm. then they cut, cut out your skull. And then they put that neural link on your brain. And then they put the skull back in and drill the skull back. It's insane. Will you get it? That 
that's how that's how you get the neural link that's how that's how the that's the only way to get it into your brain so people would have to go get like a serious brain surgery to get this put into your brain but will you get so, it i don't think so no really i want it no because he, he said you could listen to Bro, Spotify. you want your head you want your head sawed off with a bone saw and something put into your brain that i don't know it's just weird if i can think faster listen to spotify in my brain <laughs> if, if i can talk to other people without having to actually speak become an alien become the grays <laughs> i'm curious i'm gonna try it out yeah but then you're gonna get advertisements in your vision like uh, close my eyes i'm cl closing yeah. my eyes you ain't get <laughs> like yeah it'll be in like my my heads up display it'll be in front of my face but when i close my eyes I ain't got that shit you know, like go to target go to walmart go here that would be that would be interesting i don't know be like minority report you ever see that movie with tom cruise yeah where they like you know predict crimes before they even happen yeah that that's where things get really squirrely because th th that kind of storyline reminds me of uh if, if you read comic books there was uh civil war ii where there was this uh inhuman that had that power to to predict uh these crimes before they happen but then there's like this moral issue right like how can we charge something for a crime that hasn't happened uh because yeah this guy predicted it but what if he's wrong like how do we know that they're like 100 percent right yeah so it yeah i i don't know what what the future is going to be like with what if whoever controls that neural link in your brain wants to just go boop and turn it and shut it down and then what happens you know like i, I gotta have a uh that's when we go to the dark web and find somebody to <laughs> who's versed in <laughs> removing the neuralink your fucking neuralink <laughs> yeah and they're gonna fill my brain with horse porn and then i'm just gonna die from overload of horse porn and that's how i'm gonna be remembered <laughs> orange county man dies uh, horse porn found in his neuralink <laughs> That'd be you know the uh you know the dare dudes i uh I, i'm friends with uh angel mm -hmm. i uh I booked them and Life's Question when they were doing that run in November. Okay. At uh, this this venue that I've been going to. I grew up in Freehold, and we used to go to this. It's like a bar and stuff, and they would have like uh, parties there for like night before Thanksgiving. So I've been going there forever. I didn't realize they had an upstairs that was like empty because like the bottom you could do like a smaller type of show in there mm -hmm. in the in the downstairs but the upstairs is just a straight up like legion like hall like you could fit probably like 400 people in there so i i was trying to find a venue because jersey's i'm trying to i'm trying to get jersey back on the map like if you if you notice tours that that are doing full us no one really comes to jersey it's like new york and then a day off of philly or vice versa philly off new york mm -hmm. and jersey gets skipped back in the day when i was going to shows jersey was like the main stop to go but that's because we had a ton of venues now there's not a lot of venues out here so i was scrambling for a venue and i happened to just get in touch with them and i know someone who works there and he was like oh i'm gonna talk to the guy who rents out the hall and see if he would be down and he ended up being down and that show was crazy. There was like almost 200 people there on a Monday for a show that was like announced a couple of weeks before because I was like scrambling around to get a venue. Mm -hmm. So it was cool to have 
that's the first time they ever played Jersey too. So it was cool to have them there. And it was never again's first Jersey show. So yeah. it was dope. Shackled play that one too. Shackled us never again. Raw life. Life's question there. That's a cool lineup. Yeah. Shackled did uh, their whole record live before it came out. I think, it, I think that show, that show happened like the Monday before the Friday that they were releasing, I think. Mm-hmm. So they just play the whole record live, which was fucking awesome. Yeah, I want to say Shackled came on the podcast like that week, and, and we, or maybe the day of the show. If I'm being honest, I'm, I'm trying to remember uh, the the timeline, but I do remember that show. Who came on, Dylan? Uh, yeah, it, it was Dylan and uh, Jake. Oh, nice. That was my boat. I was chilling with Jake uh, all night after the E Town show. We were hanging out, partying. Yeah, yeah. Love that whole band. They're all awesome. Yeah. Dudes. So, yep. yeah so it's cool to see them uh you know get noticed more do cool shit they had that tour with uh year of the knife despise yep. and cruelty and then even their set with ed fia was badass so yeah i saw the videos look dope mm-hmm. yeah they're good dudes they they uh they grew up I, I grew up in the borough of freehold they grew up in the township side so it's like two different sides of town but mm-hmm. they grew up pretty close to where i grew up so it's cool obviously they're like way younger than me but it's cool to see like freehold kids doing hardcore yeah no it's it, it's important to to have those younger kids that come after you to be able to do something to keep the scene alive because if it ended with you that that would be pretty whack right like yeah to, to to see your scene that you you know grew up loving and you know working to to support and uh you know help spread to to want to see it grow you you always want to um, hope that there's young kids that that, that come after uh, you to to do new stuff um even if it's not your favorite thing at, at least like I, I feel like having something is better than nothing yeah absolutely that's why i i love all those amboy kids because they're they're doing their part to make jersey p- put on the map i'm doing my part there's other people doing their part to 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 try and grow the scene back because this was like a like i said a staple place to come play is new jersey and it just seems like every tour is getting skipped over new jersey or they're only playing like uh bigger venues like there's 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 bigger venues here but they have like barricades and shit so there's not like a decent stop for middle tier like hardcore bands or whatever to come play when they're doing tours which sucks so that's why i'm trying to make it like people want to come play jersey again you know so is that hall that you guys had that dare show at is that like a real option for things going on in the Uh, future it it is now like when a, a, f- a fucking idiot went flying through the wall like 10 seconds into new uh never again set would and they opened so it was like i was like what the fuck like like a, it was like a four foot hole in the wall like a person's whole body went through the, the wall i mean they they were they were pissed i haven't been able to like book anything since but now i think like the dust settled a little and they didn't have to pay i i got the wall taken care of they didn't have to pay for it so Mm -hmm. like i guess they're seeing that like hey i got you a ton of people come to your venue on a monday i fixed the wall you know like i'm the bar did i think the bar did uh 1200 on a monday with a bunch of straight edge bands playing you know like yeah that's pretty good considering you're not going to have 200 people coming to your bar on a monday in the middle of the winter you know so yeah. i'm gonna try i i think i'll think i'd be good in like the springtime like i'm gonna 
hit them up in like March or April and be like, Hey, can I do something again there? Sorry about what went on last time. Yeah. Things happen. And at least you're able to put that effort forward and get that wall fixed to let them know that, yeah. Hey, if, if there are future issues that you're willing to take care of it. Yeah. I mean, if it happens, I'll pay for it. It's not that big of a deal. As long as there's like a venue to have. And as long as people like respect it, like people, people, just come to show sometimes and they think like this is their like their place to run free and do whatever they want be like an asshole and then they wonder why there's no shows and shit because you wanted to come to a show and act like an asshole yeah i feel like those kind of people don't realize that it takes like real effort to lock these places down like these places aren't just readily available and they didn't have to go through any of the process of putting it together so they don't uh they don't respect it or uh realize like you know how much work was actually put into locking that place down just any show in general people don't i don't think people really understand how much work in it. you have to you're dealing with four to six bands usually you have to so you're dealing with four to six people constantly asking you questions figuring out shit then you have to get a back line of equipment you have to make sure there's a pa there then you have to fly or you have to promote so it's a lot of shit if you're only doing it like if you don't have a team of people doing it which most people don't it's usually like one i do all my shows by myself i don't know what jason i'm sure jason has a couple of people helping him out but for the most part jason's doing shit by himself so uh-huh. unless there's like a team going on it's, it's like hard to to get shit going and people just think oh you just show up at a show and it's like oh pay to get in and that's it like not a lot of shit went into you just paying whatever the cover is to get into that show 100 percent. well chris this has been awesome uh happy to have you on the podcast uh but before we sign off is there anything else you would like to say uh no man thanks for having me good convo appreciate you appreciate what you're doing for the scene you know having you're out in Cali, you're having Jersey people on. It's fucking awesome. You know, keep doing what you're doing. All right. Well, I really appreciate your time. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Go listen to, or excuse me, <laughs> go listen to um, Illusion of Freedom. Uh, and thank you later. All right. Goodbye. <laughs>